the show and tell now, shall we? Yo, yo, what is good, my beautiful people? I am Creator K, and welcome to episode nine of the Show and Tell podcast, a monthly show dropping every first Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. In this episode, I am joined by my good friend and founder of radio show slash event curator Pastry Beats, George Peshkov. If you're a new listener, this is how show and tell goes down, and this is my favorite part of the script because it has not changed since episode one. Part one of the show is where we get to dive deep into the mind of our guests and find out what makes them tick and what they've been working on lately. In part two, we have show and tell. The guests and I each bring in one item that we have been digging lately, whether that be an album that has been on repeat, an artist that deserves more eyes and ears, or maybe a story that is worth listening to, we share what it means to us and why you might like it too. So in this episode, George and I talk about what Pastry Beats is all about and how it came to be, as well as our thoughts on what makes a good music show and what it takes to throw a good music show. In part two, I share my budding love for the super funky musical artist Lewis Cole, while George quite literally brings something to the table in a traditional Russian beverage that reminds him of family, and I get to try for the first time and give my thoughts on it. With that said, let's get it. Welcome to the Show and Tell podcast, episode number nine. I am your host, Creator K, and joining me today on this gloomy-ass Sunday afternoon is the homie George Peshkov. How is it going? Yo, yo. Doing really well, man. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for being here. Um, so you're not only George Peshkov, but you are the host slash founder of Pastry Beats. Yes, I am. Pastry Beats. I want to get into Pastry Beats later. First, I want to talk about you as an individual. I describe you, I think this is pretty accurate, you are a donut-eating radio guy. Yep. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. Um, actually, what's your favorite pastry? Before we move on, I feel like we have to answer this question before we go on to anything else. What is your favorite pastry? I feel really bad for saying this, and I'm I'm just going to say donut, And well, it, yeah. it, but it's weird because... I'm tight, like my brand is pastry beats, but mm. a lot of it, a lot of my episodes have incorporated donuts mostly. Right. So lately I've actually been on a little bit of a croissant stick. So I've been enjoying croissants lately too, but uh, big ups to donuts. They hold the... Do you have a, a favorite donut? Strawberry frosted strawberry all the frosted. way. Yep. No filling, just... Yeah. The, okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, sure. the, that's the logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I said I was, let, let's not jump into pastry beats right away but i feel like that's kind of just the flow of the conversation yeah. <laughs> right now so pastry beats what exactly is pastry beats pastry beats give um, me the origin story yeah it initially started off well first off i've been doing college radio for maybe two or three years over at wentworth um and i went through a flurry of ideas i had maybe four or five shows before pastry beats um i even have shows after pastry beats now but uh pastry beats started with me interviewing my friends while feeding them up pastries and just listening to beats. But it kind of turned, it slowly slowly grew and turned into this animal where I started hitting up artists that I saw perform live. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to be on my podcast? So I started interviewing them. And then from there, I started throwing shows with the Pastry Beats brand. And then I started doing articles on the college radio website. So Pastry Beats is just an almost like an encompassing idea for all of my creative outlets yeah i mean it sounds like it was a hobby yeah first and turned into do you do you like when you say you feed the guest pastries do you like feed them (laughs) (laughs) that 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 actually be a sick idea for for one of the shows um no we i (laughs) (laughs) nice joke creator (laughs) k that's all that's all i was looking for yeah um yeah but i always do make sure to 
put down a ton of paper towels around the equipment <laughs> right. just because I'm scared we're going to get yeah. like some donut filling all over the mixer and whatnot. Right. So, and do you, are you the one picking the pastries for most of the shows or do some of the guests when it's in person, do they bring something of their own? I pick the pastries every time. Rillaforce promised he was going to bring in scones one time, but he <laughs> didn't. So we got to hold Rillaforce accountable one day. I will make a mental note that, um, if and when he ever comes on this show, I will. I'll bring that. Please, up. Yeah. please and do. We'll, we can we can <laughs> get to the bottom of that. Integrate Rilla. So why pastries? Like I, I think some people listening to this right now that aren't familiar with you at all are probably like, what? This, I mean, it, it's a really cool mm-hmm. idea. I think you explained yeah. it really well, but it's also it's really niche and unique. Of course. So so part one, why pastries? Part two, why beets? Okay. Pastries. When I was a kid, I lived in Framingham, and I used to go to Taekwondo practice okay. every week. Yeah. Um, and after Taekwondo, there was a Dunkin' Donuts right next to there. Uh, Shoutouts to Donuts again. <laughs> I went to Dunkin' Donuts, and I would just kill three donuts, like eight-year-old, nine-year-old me, after Taekwondo yeah. every time. Uh, so that's how my love for pastries in general started to develop. It's a good post-workout meal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, the beats, um, a lot of the music I listen to, whether it be electronic music or hip-hop music, it's all very much oriented around beats, you know? Right. Uh, not even necessarily like lo-fi hip-hop beats or anything like that. I feel like a lot of the stuff that maybe Mr. Carmack or Sango make, you could also consider those to be beats. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the beat is just, to me, the beat's just the instrumental. Underneath. Yes. If, it's, if, if it has vocals, it's just the instrumental. I think those two words are interchangeable. Yeah. I, I was curious if it had anything to do with Jay Dilla because uh, his, his album, Donuts... Um, but th- no, it's just a love. It's a, it, yeah, it's a, that, that's a little bit of a misconception some people have had. Uh, and it's funny because I only started listening to Jay Dilla after, uh, the pastry beats okay. brand started. Yeah. Like that I must've started listening to him like two years ago, a year ago, mm-hmm. but He's also very much a legend. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I really want to go to Detroit because his uncle, I believe, founded uh, a donut shop there. Yeah, Um, that sounds really familiar. It's called like Dilla's Donuts or Mm -hmm. Dilla's Delight, something crazy like that. And uh, I think it's only fair that I go there one day, uh, make my journey to Mecca to pay homage. Kind of like, (laughs) I don't don't know, like vlog it or something or, or do some sort of... Uh, documentation yeah. for, for the brand. Yeah. I'm all about the, all, <laughs> all, all all about the, brand. the brands, dude. <laughs> um, for, just for those of you who don't know who Jay Dilla is, just go look him up because he's like one of the best producers of all time. For sure. Yeah. A, a lot of work with The Far Side, yeah. um, Slum Village. Common. Right? Common. Yeah. He, he's, he does stuff with Madlib, who's another incredible producer. So Pastry Beats is a radio show. It is a blog of sorts because you, 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 know, you write articles about music. But it's also an event curator is that the best way to describe it like you because because you throw shows yeah yeah uh I, I yeah that would be a really good way to describe it um i also think it is my way of being able to put myself out there and show uh some aspect of collaboration mm-hmm. um saying hey like i do this thing do you want to do this thing with me right um yeah. which i think especially you were able to see with our curfew event mm-hmm. when we got together and we did that whole show that whole shtick. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Because I, I mentioned curfew on the show before it happened. I don't know yeah. if I talked about it after because it, it wasn't really relevant to any conversation. But 
Um, you and I, plus Ben Vercel and Bobby Pantano of Crying Laughing Media, future guests. Uh, according to Willie Crooks, that they better not be. That's what he said. <laughs> on the show. Um, but us four put together a show in Boston at the Dorchester Art Project. That was the first time I, I had ever put together or been a part of putting together a show. Yeah. And, you know, we had Ben, a.k.a. Ake, performed, Willie Crooks, Peter Cooley, um, Charles Nimbus, and Akamu. Shout out all of them. And it was it was a vibe. It was so much fun. The process of putting that together and, and kind of seeing what the ins and outs of uh, ins and outs were of kind of like what it takes to, to make a show happen, but also make it unique rather mm-hmm. than, you know, because I feel like anybody can kind of, you know, get people together and play music. But to, yeah. to kind of, again, brand it and give it this identity, I think we did a really good job with that. Yeah, and I think what made this show stand out, especially to me as someone who's thrown a few in the past, I think everyone played a very integral part Mm -hmm. into making it happen. You know, like you with your whole visual direction, my experience with audio tech and event planning, you know, the crying laughing boys and their promotions, Mm -hmm. uh, all the artists that were down to come play. You know, it was very much everyone putting in a step forward in their own efforts in order to make it happen. And it wouldn't be nearly as great as it would have been if even like one person was left out, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was super inclusive because it wasn't, I mean, I, we were doing a lot of, of, the, of the heavy lifting, quite literally, because, you know, we were bringing all of the equipment up yeah. to a third story or third floor uh, venue. My subwoofer. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, people like Will and, um, you know, a couple of the others, like, just helped out in any way that they could, which I thought was really cool. And just to see a group coming together to just put on a show in a city that is fledgling um, in, in terms of music in general, but especially electronic music was really cool to be a part of i'm excited to do it again yeah. I know people a couple of people have been asking when it's just it's a matter of scheduling and you know people are still in school and i'm a freelancer so my schedule is weird and and, and I'm, you know there's a lot of factors that go into it but i mean how would that compare to some of the other shows that you've thrown all right i guess i could just ask you know what were some of the memorable shows that you've thrown um the first pastry beats was super cool um it's actually how i further develop my relationship with the likes of Ben Mm. and Will. And it's really crazy to see all of that come around because I don't think I, there, there's a chance I may not have even met you if it wasn't for having met them at that first show. That was a year before, right? That was a, must have been a a year year or two or something like that. And it's, it's funny because we throw the show, we used to throw the show initially at the school and then we'd have an after party at another location and the after parties have always been like two times more lit and (laughs) i always just tell my artists like yo treat the school show as like uh almost like a warm-up or something but that was really i i I very fondly remember that and um yeah of course it's the 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 very first one the very first one a special place the second one was also very cool i had um the homie seneca b boston legend come through floridomian flavors from connecticut but what some people don't know is i also used to throw like basement shows Mm -hmm. at my place and i think that's kind of where my love for like throwing shows started too okay yeah yeah. i I wanted to ask you that because you out of everyone i have come to know and become friends with i think you are the most frequent concert goer so outside of you throwing you know kind of your basement style shows of your own were there any events that you went to any any 
you know, performances that you went to that kind of made your brain click into gear in terms of like wanting to do some of your own? Absolutely. East meets beats. Mm. Easily. Shout out East Meets Beats. <laughs> Shouts out East Meets Beats. Shouts out Luigi, dude. Mm. Uh, I started going to those shows when I must have been in the my freshman year or sophomore year of high school. And at first it was I went to support uh, the homie Rob, Sober Rob, because he went to my high school. I wanted to see him perform. Mm. And he played at like this EMB Halloween special um, where I believe Rilla Force also, also performed. And I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to get more involved. And then I started going every couple months to them. The whole DIY aspect of sh- throwing shows compared to going to something massive at the House of Blues or, right. you know, the Royale. Uh, it, it just has this feeling of authenticity to it that can't be replicated. Yeah, no, the DIY aspect of it is is really awesome. And... Physically speaking, smaller venues are just apt to just have a type of energy that just those big venues don't have. For and sure. Honestly, I think it's just because like if you have a smaller show, more than likely the people who you're booking to perform are friends of yours, mm-hmm. and then they're bringing their friends. That's how I felt at Curfew. I feel like everybody knew each other personally, or by the extension of like one other person who was a part of the yeah. event. So I thought that was really cool. Was there was there anything? lacking in any events that you went to that also was a part and played a part in you wanting to like throw some of your own had you been to some where you're like i think i can do it this way or i think this isn't as good as it could be and i can do that was there anything like that for sure and it's something that i still lack in um it's something that i very much want to improve on i think a lot more people need to pay attention to how good their sound system is Mm -hmm. you know you can't just throw some crappy like hundred dollar speakers up and like have someone perform and expect it to be a great time right um the sound system is what makes the show being able to hear like clarity being able to feel like say the bass like rumble inside of you that that, Mm -hmm. that's what makes a sick show to me it's also speaker development in its own is a crazy science uh, that I hope to get into eventually. Yeah, because it's kind of in the realm of what you're studying in, in For school. For sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's probably why I'm going to school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great because there's a lot of people who are in music to, to make music, and mm-hmm. that's amazing. I don't think there is any limit to how many people can make music, but the, it's important to have people who are into the engineering side of things. Uh, there's it's important to have people into like the physical side of things like you with speaker development and stuff yeah. like that. Events, all all of those things. I think it's important to have some diversity. And personally for me, I like tried to make music and my brain just doesn't work that way. So I'm glad that like there's other ways to kind of play a part and you know, give back to music. Yeah. Which I think is great. I can heavily relate. Um, yeah. I tried to make music for the longest time and then I'm like, you know what? This pastry beats <laughs> thing sounds pretty fun. Do you, with GarageBand? Uh, I used Ableton and FL. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've dabbled in FL uh, and GarageBand, but um, let's, let's, let's go a little bit deeper into the rabbit hole on events. What are some of the shows that you've been to that you loved like what were some of the, your favorite performers i think about this very often yeah. <laughs> uh i like there have been times where i'm like hey i wonder what are, what are the top five top ten shows i've been to uh because i've been going since i've been 13 or 14 mm. but uh if i were to say some of the most recent ones i saw test pilot uh at electric forest last summer and what test pilot is it's uh dead mouse's techno alter ego and it's 
it's funny because a lot of people went to test pilot expecting to hear dead mouse music but it's just this very dark gritty techno that you'd hear in, in like right. berlin or something <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and just for an artist to be able to to flip things like that switch it up and be able to like dj in a completely different genre that's pretty important to me and i think right. that that was super cool to see him do also, when I was in England, I saw Flying Lotus. He did a th- he did one of his uh, 3D visual show, and he performs a bunch of the music coming off his new album that he's been promoting. And lastly, I think I got to give a big shout out to that boy, Sam Gelletry. Uh, I have <laughs> uh, yet to see him. I'm jealous. I've seen him a handful of times, but I saw him perform in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just like I feel like the crowd also makes a really good show. Oh, oh and yeah, the European yeah. boys popped off to see him. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I will see him at some point. Um, I, I think he's he is coming to the U.S., but he's not coming to Boston. Yeah, I, I think checked. he's going was, to New York. He's going to New York. So I mean, it's you know, it's not a big excuse to, or that's not a big excuse. It's only like four hours, but for sure, yeah, Sam Gallatry would be sick. Before we wrap up part one. I just wanted to ask, uh, kind of back to pastry beats and event throwing. What is your pipe dream show? What is like the pinnacle show that you want to throw in terms of who is performing, the location, uh, city slash venue, or if there's any like specific one that you've been to that you would want to throw at? Um, just the overall vibe. What, what what would that be? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So I can tell that you think you do think about this a lot because. You always hit me up with like lineups of, of like local artists, like, hey, we should do a show with this person, this person, this person in this order. And I love that because I can just tell that's like on your mind a lot. So yeah, let hit me. All right. Creator K, George Peshop. <laughs> <laughs> House of Blues Boston. No. Yeah. Hey, I mean I'd play a show. No one yeah, I mean I'd play I'd play a good show. You know. <laughs> I'd, I'd have good transitions, and I'd play... He does, music. he None does. would be my own. He does. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I think I would, <laughs> I would probably... I thought about this a lot today, uh, but I think in Colorado, somewhere in the mountains, food trucks. Lots and lots of food trucks. Ooh, okay, yeah, I'm all about that. You can get, get whatever you want. Food trucks in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you gotta climb on top of them to see the artists perform. Yeah. But... First set, quickly, quickly. Mm. That would go into Tennyson. What, what, what kind of, for people who don't know, what kind of music does quickly, quickly make? Does very jazzy electronic music. Yeah. Um, his Oversky's EP was sick. I would highly recommend checking that out. As would, I, you as have. would I. He's, he's really talented. I would say him into Tennyson, mm-hmm. which are very similar in that kind of regards. Uh, Tennyson yeah. may be a little more on the experimental side. Mm-hmm. Then have them go into Sober Rob. Shout uh, out sh- Sober shouts Rob. out Rob. Yeah. Uh, Rob into Monty Booker. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Smino's primary producer. He produces for other people yeah. as well. But yeah. And then Monty into Carmack. Mr. Carmack. Mr. Carmack okay. to end things off. That's that, that that's my it. pipe yeah, dream. In Colorado. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any like th- I don't know, like theme or like would you have any like uh, outside of the food trucks anything like crazy? I don't I, I don't know if I can really think of anything as an example. Maybe just like super cool stage design. Yeah. I, I've seen some pretty crazy stages mm-hmm. um at different festivals. 
Maybe have them perform in like a big ass donut or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. No, that would be cool. Like an arch. Like like the sprinkles uh, light up yeah, too. Yeah. I that's a great idea. So lastly, where where do you want to take pastry beats? Like wh- where is it going? Where do you want it to go? I think right now, since I'm out of school for the summer, uh, I think a lot of it's going to be very in the moment stuff. Mm. I have a ton of interview plans for the next few months. I really want to do a show before the summer ends, which uh, I think I'll spoil it right now. Is going to be croissant themed. So okay. Oh yeah, no, yeah. You, you've mentioned this yeah. To me. Yeah, I think that'll be pretty cool to do. So expect those couple things for the future. I'm In not the too Boston sure. Area. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. For the future, I'd say we'll have to see where that goes. I've always been horrible at planning things long term. Oh, same. I'm so in the moment that I just can't look that far yeah ahead. you know <laughs> yeah so uh, i mean i'll ask this again at the at the end of the show at the end of part two but where can people find you and pastry beats like where would you send them to you could find me at soundcloud.com slash pastry beats uh Insta- instagram.com slash pastry beats and you can find me on twitter as yeah. pastry beats so go check out the radio shows um they're really cool because you get you get a nice kind of nardwar-esque experience yeah. <laughs> you, you you ask the people who are featured as guests some nice um interesting questions and sometimes you'll get a guest mix which is really cool so it's a nice combination of you know getting to know an artist and their process kind of like what i'm doing here with show and tell as well as hearing some music and it's just a good time so go definitely go check out the pastry beach show um and if, and if you're in the boston area follow pastry beats on social media and just be on the lookout for some more collaborations on events in the future so we'll leave it there and we will come back for part two which is show and tell Welcome back to Show and Tell. This is part two. This is the part where I ask a guest to bring in an item of significance, and I do the same. We talk about what it means to us and why you might like it too. George has actually brought in something quite literally, which is which is awesome. Um, we'll see how well it does on the air because yeah. we we might uh, we'll get to that. Do you want to do your item first since we have it in front of us? May as well, I guess. Okay. Right. So, what is this? So, Give this an in-depth description. For the listeners. This is called Kisil. Um, It's a drink that I've had since I was maybe like the age of five or four. My mom used to make it all the time. And, you know, it's carried over. I still drink it sometimes. What it is, is it's pretty much sweetened berry juice Mm -hmm. with starch added to it. Um, I think potato starch mostly. Mm -hmm. And I think you just saw the uh, creation process of this. I did. Yeah, so I watched you make it. For a second, I thought you were just making Jello. <laughs> uh, d- does the kind that your mom make is it similar? It, it's or pretty much she... the same thing. You get a packet from like whatever little Russian supermarkets mm-hmm. around you. Uh, it's actually a Slavic drink, so okay. not even Russian. Uh, I know a lot of people in Poland drink it. Actually. Shout out Poland. Yeah, I'm e- half Polish. E- Eastern European gang. Eastern European gang. out here. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, so you just get like a little brisket from uh, whatever supermarket. Throw it in some hot water. But you gotta keep stirring it as it's boiling. Right. So that's like a 20 minute process yeah. on its own. Um, I think this may be made a little poorly, but uh, I guess we're gonna have to see. Yeah, we'll find out. So j- ex- explain a little more on your background. So you, you were born in 
I was born in Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. So, so this is kind of where that comes Sweet from. Sweet old Ukraine. And my actually, actually, the biggest reason I brought this is this in is uh, I have a strong belief that food is the ultimate way to someone's heart or to show affection. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think like nine More times. More than music? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think nine times out of ten. Because, you know, music is also like a sensory appreciation thing in a weird way, you know? Like yeah. you're hearing something cool. Say, similarly with food, it's like you're giving someone's taste buds like a right. flavorful experience. Yeah. So I think that's why nine times out of ten, if like it's someone's birthday or something, I, I feel more more amped to bring them food right. than anything else. No, I mean, like that makes a, a lot of sense. Card. I think if you if you find a way to, like, stimulate one of the five senses. Yeah. It's also in the moment, too. Right. You know, like, someone eats it. Like, they tell you what they think. Yeah. Uh, similar with pastry beats. That's why I think pastries have been such mm. a cool, like, icebreaker. Right, when there's I guess the link. On. Yeah. I think you'd, you'd get along with uh, our past guest, Muhammad Saad, because he is a chef. So he, mm. he comes from the same kind of background where music yeah. is... I'm sorry. Uh, food is the vessel that really like connects you with people. So, all right, let's give this a let's try. Let's try it. Right? Um, I'm gonna give it. It's uh, a little hot. Be careful. Okay. I'll give it a review. Do you want me to like give a, an extensive review of it? Yeah. So we're drinking it out of uh, beer glasses. Usually you drink <laughs> it out of a mug. But oh, we're, well, you we're, didn't tell me that. I have plenty of mugs. <laughs> we're a little. We're a little classier today. Right. I guess. I mean, I had plenty. Of <laughs> mugs, but okay. Yeah, it is pretty hot. Um, it is a very light shade of pink. I would say pink (laughs) jellyfish from spongebob jellyfish from spongebob pink um you said it's traditionally served like room is it room temperature or is it cold because it's hot right it could go either way okay which is pretty cool i like it colder better actually but you know all right well i mean i think hot or cold is probably better than like room temperature is my maybe on twitter you can give like a three hour later review yeah i'll set up i'll set up a patreon purely for a bonus episode of my review and people can pay five bucks a month to listen to it yeah i mean it's a subtle smell it's strawberry flavored is there more than just strawberry or is that the kind of like the not not in this one but are there more i think i saw some raspberries raspberry okay yeah all right I'm going to I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get nice and close to the microphone so we can give the listeners the experience that they're looking for. Ultimate right ASMR. Now. Ready? Yeah. Oh, that is hot. That's good. Yeah. I feel like, like I couldn't really enjoy it because it is a little bit hot, so I couldn't like get a full yeah, mouthful of it, but um yeah, I mean, I'm gonna continue to drink this, uh, and I'm not. I'm not lying to you either. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, I'm not just being nice. It's super sweet, though. It I is think really that's sweet. what may turn people off from. Okay. It. Yeah. No, I. I. Yeah, I enjoy this. Um. So I. I asked you off air, but I want to ask you on air. So since this is a Russian drink, is this something that you would spike? Because I feel like the answer is yes, because it's Russian. Dude, I. I vodka. maybe we should try it one day. Maybe. Yeah, maybe for vodka, like a curfew, we'll have spiked kisir given out. Yeah. Maybe like vodka or something. Very, yeah, I mean, very I appropriate. It seems like. I mean, it, yeah, I think that would work. But yeah, I like it. Um, it's 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 good. I don't know about what else to say. But would you rate it out, okay, of, out um, of like five stars? Out of five stars, I'm trying to think of what I can compare it to because I think that's the best important. drink you've ever had. The best drink I've ever had. I am a big fan of beverages. If you didn't know that about me, uh, I like be- <laughs> I like beverages. <laughs> Uh, like water and um, no, I, I uh, triple X vitamin water is one of my favorite drinks mm. that I would say. Um, 
I'm also a big fan of yerba mate in terms of tea mm. because it tastes good, or at least the kind that I get. Um, if I get like hot brewed yerba mate, it's it's good. But the kind that comes in the can that you get in like the organic section in the uh, at like Stop and Shop or, or wherever, um, it's the brand is Guyaki, and I really like that because it's it gives me the caffeine kick that I need, and I never thought I would start drinking things that had caffeine in it because I always thought that I had this reserve of energy that I would always tap into, but now that I'm getting older, it's more necessary. But I also don't like coffee, so Yerba Mate is a nice supplement, and I've really, really grown to like the taste. So that's another favorite drink. So I guess comparatively speaking, this drink is definitely above average. It's not the best thing I've had, yeah. but um, it's good. Like I, I, like I said, I have like a full six, like 14 ounces of this left, so I would definitely want to drink more of it. This pops off with some pastries too, but oh, okay. <laughs> Would you dip anything into it? Nah. No, that's I, I, I wouldn't. It's very like jelly like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so is know. is there anything else from, you know, from your childhood that kind of you still carry with you? Um it, I guess, you know, food related or or any any other sort of like maybe tradition that your family would do that you still like really keep in your life now? So for us, um New Year's, so I think Christmas is like the big winter holiday around here, especially like in the States, but like over in like the Eastern European region, they're all about New Year's. So if I weren't home for like a single New Year's, that's just like the ultimate disrespect I could lay down on my family. So we celebrate New Year's together every year. We pour out that champagne, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh... And we have like this huge just family gathering usually. You have a um, really big family. I wouldn't say really big. Uh, we usually have like ten people, fifteen people. It used to be kind of bigger, uh, maybe like thirty people, twenty people. But we just always make it a point to get together on New Year's. Hmm. So that's something that's carried over. Cool for sure. So I mean, family's obviously really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you? Is anyone in your family um, in a similar field like? Did they pursue any sort of creative interests that maybe like you feel like rubbed off on you and that's why you're here now? Um, you know, my, well, my uncle, I'd say is a, is a pretty big influence. He's, He's the guy who lent you the, exactly. the sound system for yeah. our show. Yeah. Yeah. He, he throws events. Um, awesome. and not just like any events, he throws like these huge charity events. Um, he does this thing called ride for kids where he mm-hmm. gets a bunch of these like really like otherwise scary like biker gangs and whatnot and what they do is they come to whatever location and uh kids that have cancer and are like fairly ill Mm -hmm. they get a chance to like ride these bikes with these like tough looking biker dudes for like an hour or two and they do this huge fundraiser and they like raffle off a bike at the end so I'd say like a lot of my event planning, uh, I would say definitely influenced by yeah. his work with that. Yeah, that's incredible. That's really cool. So let's. What did you bring, Creator K? Yeah. So <laughs> while we sip on this bevy, um, we can move on this to my item, it. which is a which is a another music related item. Last time I talked about Joey Badass's 1999, which you've listened to that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's classic, incredible, incredible. classic. But this time around. I'm going in a slightly different direction in terms of genre. I'm going with an artist who goes by the name of Lewis Cole. Mm. Uh, he is uh, a very funky man. He's multi-talented. He is a, an electronic funk pop producer slash uh, vocalist. 
He is also one half of a group who goes by Knower. Um, I don't I haven't listened to Knower as much as Lewis Cole individually. And to be honest, I, I've really only listened to his Lewis Cole's more recent music than uh, all of his music. I've listened to all of it. But the stuff that I keep going back to is, is, is his recent stuff because I think it has a little bit more of an appeal. Uh, or it's a, it's, it's a little bit more accessible and easier to, to jump into than some of his older stuff. But um, he is, uh, honestly, I think he's one of the most talented musicians. And I, I, I say that just in terms of like the product that he puts out and the, the, the details that go into it. I think he's one of the most talented musicians or, or maybe underrated is a better way to describe him mm-hmm. of our generation. He's, he's based in L.A. He studied music. He studied jazz music. So, so you can, you know, that oozes through his music. You can hear that, you know, he, he, he plays a, a bunch of different instruments. How, how familiar are you with Lewis Cole? So I watched that video you sent me. Was that the me. first time? We watched, it to, we watched it together right. a while ago. That's what um, I mean. So we, so we were hanging out at, at Willie Crooks' place. Yeah. And... I showed you, or because Will is a big fan of Lewis Cole as well. Yeah. We both showed you him, so that was the first time you had yeah. heard of him. Because he really like he, his music is incredible, and and his videos on YouTube are incredible as well, which I'll get into a little bit more in a second. But he doesn't have when you look at like view counts, which you know, say what you will about view counts, they don't matter at the end of the day. He he doesn't have as much exposure as you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was I was. A little, I guess, I don't know, a little surprised that you hadn't heard of him before, yeah. I just assume, because you, you know a lot of different artists. I always assume that my friends who know, like, a shit ton of artists know mm-hmm. when I'm about to yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. show them. But I don't know, what, what do you think of him? He's super cool. That video you showed me, vi- like, the way he cre- he made that video and the way he created that song, so creative, and it takes you through that entire process. Yeah. You don't see that Is nowadays. Is it the live performance? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, it's the yeah, one yeah, that yeah. I sent the link to you. Okay, yeah. so... To give to to cue, clue the listeners in, he um he has a YouTube channel that's Lewis Cole Music, I believe. If you just search Lewis Cole, you'll find it. And he performs all of his song, not all of them. He performs a lot of his songs, and it, it's kind of like a nice insight into how he puts his music together. So within the frame that you see on screen, he will have separate recordings, individual recordings of him playing the keys or the bass, or the drums, or singing, or whatever elements go into his music, he puts them on screen, like, in their own little boxes. And he puts, like, a a subtitle underneath to show you, like, what the instrument is. Um, And then the one that I showed George was a live performance where he took one of his songs from his album Time, which came out in 2018. And for the record, if you're familiar with the needle drop, Anthony Fantano, I just watched the review earlier, he gave it an 8. Oh, and you know if you if you're again if you're familiar with Anthony Fantano and his reviews, um, he's very detailed with his review, uh, or his reviews of music and very. Um, he's harsh too. He, he's he, he's harsh, but I think yeah. you know there's just to speak on him briefly. There's projects that I thoroughly enjoy, and then when I watch his reviews, I, I and he doesn't necessarily like certain parts that I did. I can see where he's coming from. Because um, I think he just has this background in music and this knowledge um, that he taps into that is that is thoughtful and not ignorant in, yeah. in any way. So um, he gave that album a, a, an eight, and one of the songs Lewis Cole performed with a live band. You know, w- when you say oh he performed it with a live band, you think okay it's kind of like on a stage, kind of like NPR, Tiny Desk, that type of vibe. He shot it just in the downstairs section of his apartment, so he's like playing keys 
on the landing, like in between the stairs. Like you go down eight steps, there's a landing and another eight steps. So he's playing keys there. He's got a bassist just sitting on the stairs playing bass. There's this guy who's playing some instrument that I can't think of right now. I don't know which one it was, who's just standing in a closet that just happens to be like around the corner from the kitchen. The keyboardist is on the kitchen counter and then the rest of the band, like the brass and um, the woodwinds are just in the kitchen playing their instruments. They all get little solos. There are backup singers who are outside of the house. Like there's like, (laughs) there's like a deck door and you can see them through the window, but they're not in the room. So there's just these, the way that it's shot. And as far as I know, he is 100% creative director in with, with this stuff but I think he edits too because he doesn't give any credit in the description for anybody else so that makes me think that he's doing it himself yeah. but um the live performance is, is awesome there are people there's multiple camera angles and sometimes you'll see the people manning the cameras and they're wearing camo yeah <laughs> so it makes it look like <laughs> you're funny. not supposed to see them so yeah. there's like these little jokes that make you watch these videos again and again and on top of that the quality of the music is really good it doesn't sound like a really shitty live recording i showed this guy to my parents one day i think it was the same day that i showed them tom mish uh because when i talked about tom mish on the show i talked about how i put my parents onto him and uh they liked him as well like i think he he has the funk elements that you know are from an era where funk was like at its truest form, you know, obviously like when it first started out. So he doesn't really do like the horns in his videos, but in terms of like the percussion and the synth aspects, he he's performing. There's a, the first video on his channel. I don't know if it had any, I don't know if it like got him his buzz was him playing drum and bass on drums. Do you want to watch that? Yeah, right I want to watch that. All right, we're going to watch this video and we're going to come back and talk about it. Let's take a look. So collected. (laughs) It's that's that's really cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said, I don't know. Like I I can't play drums like that. I mean, I'm sure if I kept at it and continued to take lessons or or just you know I haven't played like drums drums in years, but I. uh, I don't even know if I could get to that level. Yeah. That, that's a speed and control that I just don't have. But coming from a drumming perspective, I am, have so much respect. Um, and now that we're, we've eased back into the show, um, his, I mean, his, his drums don't sound like that, obviously. But his drum, the quality of his drums sounds really great. I think the way that they're recorded and the way that they're mixed sounds good. And I think just him, it, I'm, I want to go out on a limb and say that drums are like his primary instrument. I mm-hmm. think that is the one he's most proficient with. You can't really tell because he's just as good at playing keys. And he has a, he has a good voice too. Um, I think he, he knows himself well and knows what his voice can do. So he's really good with yeah. that. But in terms of drums, I think that's like his, his, his primary instrument. And with that, he just knows what to do with the drums, what kind of heads to use, what kind of cymbals. Um, and he knows what like works for him and what works well with the rest of the sounds in his music and honestly i wrote down when i was doing some note taking that his music just slaps and the drums like personify that when you look at that video his technique too it feels like it's a testament to how many hours you need to put in to get exactly that the, good. the whole ten thousand yeah, hours thing yeah 100 like, he's a part of flying lotus's brain feeder label so if you know who flying lotus is 
and you know, then you most likely know what Brain Feeder is. That's his music label, and yeah. then, he doesn't really fit the same type of style that all the other artists are on the bill. But he does in the same way because Flylo is like one of the most experimental, yeah, not boxed in artists. So his label is also that. It, well. it it's funny because like his label ranges from like these very crazy beats, like absurd beats, like. I don't know, Sam I Am, mm-hmm. like Lapalux, his old, old, older Flylo stuff, Toki Monster, to modern day jazz that's kind of changing the jazz yeah. game. Kamasi Washington, you know, mm-hmm. Lewis Cole, for example, like he just showed me Thundercat. Thundercat, yeah. yeah. All those all those people um, are a part of Brain Feeders label. The underachievers who are uh, hold a hold a special place in my heart um, when I like really started to get into music uh, into hip-hop music with joey badass the underachievers were right there mm-hmm. so they're a part of brain feeder as well but yeah I, I mean if if you're interested in checking out his music uh i would start with the time project i mean it's the most recent thing um and if you like that i would i would check out knower the the duo that he's a part of they're more on airing on the more pop like indie electronic pop side whereas lewis cole is more funky uh jazzy and that whole project, the time project, is really cool because there's a lot of upbeat stuff. There's a lot of downbeat stuff. Um, there's some cool vocals. You get a feature from Thundercat, which is really great. That's cool. What I really like uh, is is uh, his lyrical content. Um, he can get really deep and um, introspective and contemplative, but he can also just get really silly. There's a song that is is almost kind of just like it sounds like a a whip, a work in progress. It's called Bank Account, and the whole hook is. I was thinking about singing it, but I don't, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> it's uh, I don't. It's basically just how he doesn't want to check his bank account, and he's too afraid to check his bank account. And it's pretty relatable. I can relate yeah. so hard right now. And uh, <laughs> can't, yeah, can't we all? And uh, but he does it in like a funny way, and it, but it just has this like funk to it that's really cool. He has another song called "When You're Ugly." The chorus goes: When you're sexy, people want to talk to you. When you're ugly, no one wants to talk to you. When you're ugly, there is something you can do called fuck the world and be real cool. So it's, it's you know, the first two lines, when you're sexy, people cool. want to talk to you. When you're ugly, no one wants to talk to you. That's just really funny. Yeah. Um, but then it just kind of gets plain and simple, like real with you. Like if you're ugly or whatever flaw you have, like don't let it hold you back. Like you yeah. know, fuck everybody who's kind of saying something about that flaw and just like, just be cool. Because, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have anything else to say about that. I think that's just a great line. Um, and like I said, some of his other lyrical content is a, is a little bit deeper. My favorite songs that I would suggest first, I think this is the most important part, because this is the stuff that you know, will get you into his music, or at least I think will. Um, there's three, three songs, Thinking, Phone, and Bank Account, the one that I mentioned before. I think those are the three that kind of epitomize his current sound, and I think you guys would really like those three. I guess... Watch his YouTube channel first. I think that's the best way. You know, you can listen to his, if you're like, if you have Spotify readily available, like go listen to his music. But I think if you want to get a taste of who he is and have more than just the music, I would I would check out his YouTube channel. It's Lewis Cole, L-O-U-I-S-C-O-L-E. Yeah, I think that's it. That is it. That's, uh, that's all I have for that. Is there anything else that you would like to add at the end of this episode, George? Take care of yourself, people. Mm. Keep yourself in the positive mindset. Tell the people around you that you love them. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you said it. I 100% agree with you on that. 
I think now that you know the weather's getting a little bit well, not today, but yeah, go outside. Yeah, go outside <laughs> for real. I went outside this weekend and it was cool. Um, it was nice to get some fresh air. But yeah, no, let's listen to this man, George. So again, said this in part one, but where can people find you and Pastry Beats? Uh, you can find me on SoundCloud, uh, Pastry Beats. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on. I'm not on Facebook. I don't really like Facebook. I have, yeah, <laughs> Facebook sucks. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, and Instagram, Pastry Beats. What, is, what are you? On the, what is your Instagram? Or do you not like that? I think it's just pastry beats. Okay. Let me look them no, up real quick. I, Do you well, care? I'm making a question because you have one. It's oh, like a personal one yeah. or yeah. I just don't know if you want. You can plug that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My personal Instagram is G Peshkov. If you want to see uh, pictures of donuts, concerts, Ooh, yeah. and other shit I find aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what last question? If someone were to come to Boston and they're looking to get pastries or donuts somewhere, where do they go? Uh, Kane's Donuts Where is, is pretty legit. It is near, I believe, South Station. Let me get okay, a fact so I mean, it's check. Like, on it's like that. in the middle. It's, it's, like it's in the middle. I also do have to get up, give it up for Blackbird. You can find them in the fence. Mike's Pastry, I think, is a bit of a tourist trap, in my opinion. Hey, They're good. That's They're my good. pastry store, bro. Are you, yeah. On, yeah <laughs> you own it? Store. Yeah, I, I also have a craft store, too. Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. Fuck. All right. So, <laughs> on that beautiful note, we're gonna leave it there. So thank you so much again for for coming through and, and chatting with me, George. It was it was a great time. Thank you for having me on, Creator Kid. Yeah. The show notes, as always, can be found at SoundCloud.com/slash Let's Show and Tell. If you want to check out what George is doing with Pastry Beats, as well as Lewis Cole's music, which you absolutely should be checking out after you listen to this. Very quickly before I sign off, follow us on social media at Let's Show and Tell on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Spotify, we have playlists up. You should go follow them. Uh, they're updated weekly, and it would validate me greatly <laughs> if you went and followed the Spotify playlist. But no, it's just good music. And uh, also, shout out to Diamonder and Stories from the Rise, who was a, a past guest. Diamonder, I was featured on the latest Stories from the Rise episode uh, as a co-host and curator of the entire set list, and that was an awesome time. The link to that, if you go to our Instagram or Twitter or link tr.ee slash let's show and tell you can find the show there you should go listen to it it's a lot of good hip-hop music and some good chats with the homie diamond and most importantly sharing is caring so take care of yourselves as george said and until next time peace peace